Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You know what, y'all? Like, you're looking at the wrong thing when you're looking at Jar Jar. You're, you're looking at... You're, you're not looking at the big picture. And, you know, he said this to me when the backlash happened. He was like, 20 years from now, you're going to see almost a reverse of the backlash. And he was right. That's right, dude. I voted. This is Did You Read It? Weekly podcast about the internet by way of Reddit, the front page of the internet. Um, uh, hello to all of you, fellow participants in the American process. Um, thank you for your support and your votes. Yada, yada. Uh, today, today is the day after the election, which, you know, we're going to be the, the first time, pod to call it. We're going to be, I mean, this is, this is actually kind of the point of this pod. I mean, we had, I think our margin of error on, on our predictions were 0.1%. Pretty slim. Yeah. Pretty yeah. slim. So, you know, we, we had a pretty, we have, we have historically had a very good track record of, of, of mm. uh, calling the elections, which is why we often get asked by major networks to help Come them on. call the elections. Yeah. We're usually talking heads, uh, political talking heads. Um, right. I'm a bit of a wonk. I'm a bit of a wonk. I'm a <laughs> and the thing is, I get all my p- politics from Baba Vanga, so I well, exactly. So take those, I get uh, those. So you knew what was going to happen all along. Yeah, exactly. And lest we forget, Baba Vanga told us Barack Obama was the last American president. That's true. It is true. Never forget, she listener. Look up Baba Vanga. We've talked about her right. many times before on the pod. If you're a new right. listener, you might be new to Baba Vanga. Um, but she, right. she's a mystic. She's been dead for maybe thousand years. <laughs> maybe, maybe and, no, years. no, she died. She died in the early 1900s, I think. Yeah, she. Well, oh, she yeah. died in like 87, dude. Yeah, she was like yeah. she was around. She had a tracksuit. <laughs> hey, you know what? All I know is that that's where I get my politics, and uh, <laughs> and no one's gonna win. No one wins. Because yeah. there are no more American presidents, according to Baba Vanga. So we don't even Which need them, dude. Which I think it's fair. We got well, anyway. So yes. So, so this is day after day after the election. Um, you know, ordinarily, I would like to say we don't want to talk about politics, but I feel like we have a somewhat of an obligation to, right. just because that's the current state of things. Everyone so I, I think our the the front page of Reddit. I think obviously has some things that we can discuss. I actually think it's probably a good idea just because we live in California to talk a little bit about some of what we know about some of the, the non-presidential things that have been happening with the, uh, with the, the California political system, because I think that there are, there are some good, some bad, you know, all those things. So, um, but you know, we're just going to get into it. I think the main, the main actually exciting thing, and I know this is pertinent to all you, all uh, you know. This is pertinent to all of our meth users <laughs> and our meth heads because we love you. Um, so this is this is this is hot hot goss. Pulling up my screen right now. Um, Oregon, first state to decriminalize personal possession of all drugs in small period. amounts. Is that right? Well, yeah. I mean, you can't you can't. Personal sell them still. Yeah, this is this right. is not meant to be. This is not meant for distribution. But yeah. I thought this is very interesting. I mean, this is yeah. this is uh, 
starting to follow, I think, a model that a lot of people would suggest that we follow, partially because of the prison system. I think that's the main implication. Yeah. Um, and rehabilitation. So the idea being that, you know, if you get caught with meth, my beloved meth, then, you know, you just get a fine, essentially, and probably, yeah. presumably, some some like rehab and, you know, some correctional things. Right. But, you know, we all know that going to prison uh, is like, even though you serve your time, you never serve your time. Right. It's true. <clears throat> and so for a long time, kind of low level drug, drug um, users were kind of going to prison for meth and heroin and, you know, yada, yada, E, MDM five, you know, all those party drugs, those fun drugs, party drugs. Um, that now you just get fined, I believe, um, which I think is very interesting. Awesome. I think that's such a great idea. I mean, we don't need, you know, our prisons filled with people who were carrying like a little eighth of weed, you know, or an eighth of, an eighth of meth. Well, Portland and Oregon seems to be just doing everything right in 2020. So I say for them. Well, kind this, of. I mean, they're they're also the I'm center of sarcastic. most of the that state okay, is in trouble. <laughs> that state is falling apart. Yeah, they've been uh, they've been having a hard time. I mean, they, they don't they, know uh, what the hell's going on up there. Uh, you got well, they're, a guy. They're a fascinating state because they're the ones. They're one of the the places that I think a lot of people often cite when they talk about the division in the United States because you have you know Portland is like an absolute liberal mecca for a lot of people. You got the best coffee, you got the best trans rights, you got the best fucking bikes, unicycle bikes, you know, yeah. all the best. Um, but then the rest but of the come, state- Come least, with all those things are a bunch of kids on those bikes with those Shea right. Guevara t-shirts and their meth. Yeah. So problems yep. around the corner. Problems. That's part of it. But then the the- the eastern part of the state, from my understanding, is extremely conservative to the point where they actually have – they're known for, like, their right-wing militias up there as well. So they have fringe – they have a lot of fringe right-wing militias, which I think is very interesting. Right. So, uh, so I think this is going to be an was, interesting to see how it goes down. I think Oregon was designed as a, a white haven in, uh, in like really? – Yeah, yeah. It, like, when it got its state charter, it was for white people only. Like I think you're right, actually. It's like deep. It's the south of the West Coast, kind of. It's the Mississippi of the West Coast. That sounds right. Have you guys seen the movie Green Room? Oh, um, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Well, that's that, that's why it takes place in Oregon. Yeah. It's like, a, it's a, you got to check it out. If, oh, if yeah. anyone's listening in and hasn't seen that movie, it uh, stars Anton Yelchin, who's no longer with us. He's such a great actor. Um, and it's about like and a Patrick bunch Stewart, of right? kind of. Yeah, like punk kids who go do like a show at a neo-Nazi um, kind of club or something. And in their defense, they've got great chicken wings, and they always pay on time. So, hey, you know, hey, artists trying to there catch a break. You know, you know how it is, Ben. Uh, I know how it they're is. playing shows, dude. <laughs> gotta get, you gotta get that. You gotta get to find the place with the best chicken wings mm-hmm. um, and pay on time. It is true. As, like a, as a freelance artist, you might take a gig on accident at a place that's maybe not savory. You're like, ugh. Evidently, Oregon also has, or at least Portland. I can't speak to Oregon as a whole, but Portland has the elite strip clubs of the United States, from oh. what I've heard. 
Really? Yeah. They, they've mastered I've never been there, but... the, the cross section of great strip club meets fine dining experience. Like they have, yeah. they've like upgraded the restaurant scene within the strip clubs. So you can get like a classy dinner yeah. while, yeah. while having a little, a little scallop and lobster like charcoal tail. crusted yeah. by. Right. Yeah. And place. listening to pour some sugar on me. Yeah. A lot oh, of pink. Pour some panko crusted crumbles on my salmon. Yeah. <laughs> it's... That sounds awesome. <laughs> That's a classy joint. That's the only kind of strip club I'd ever work at. It, it, it's, <laughs> it is it's the gold standard. Yeah. Bet they gave Tampa Bay a run for their money, but I think they edged it out. <laughs> Love it. Um, so here's also, uh, it, I found an article on uh, Oregon Live, the Oregonian. This is uh, from June 20th, or June 15th, rather, 2020. Uh, so fairly recent, Oregon's founders sought a white utopia, a stain of racism that lives on even as state celebrates its progressivism. So as suggested, Oregon became a state in 1859. That is very recent, actually. I did not know that. Wow. Or 1859 yeah. is like right around the corner. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. It's um, like your, your grandma's mom. Right. Uh Wait, as the your grandma's was mom the was the Civil Supreme. War. <laughs> it was the Civil what? War eighteen sixty three through eighteen sixty seven or something? Wow, that's uh, I didn't know that. Oh, I thought that was a lot longer ago. I think we're going through the same, some of the same problems we've been going through since eighteen fifty nine. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Well, I you didn't know. realize. I guess when you think of the Civil War, you you think of it being like. You think you don't you don't think of it being less than two hundred years ago, right? You know? And then I'm like, um, I guess 1776 always stands out in my head as like right. the Constitution getting signed, right? 1776. Because I, I remember that image on the cover of National Treasure, so that's wow. always yeah. like a date that I always remember. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I guess it makes sense that you know the United States probably would have, you know, maybe. Not even a hundred years, a hundred-ish years of kind of chilling, and then they start fighting each other. I don't know about you, dog boobs, but those are some of my favorite movies. National Treasure. Me and, too. And I, I wish they made a couple more. They've only made two. I, think I do could. too. My favorite part is the part how like Nick Cage and Diane Kruger get together. They always have this little cat and mouse going on. I love fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> So funny. So very nice. Very adorable. Um, oh, this is a fun photo. Uh, Experience Oregon in the Ku Klux Klan mask. Is that a um, fishing wow, net? What is that? Oh, it's, no. it's, it's a Ku Klux Klan mask. <laughs> it's not a salmon um, I, I don't, I don't <laughs> know. My salmon I mean, catchers. <laughs> I didn't realize this. I mean, this is, this is, I mean, I knew that this was a thing. I knew this was part of the history, but I didn't realize it was quite literally like, a white utopia. But anyway, the reason why everyone all who this, lives there is. Oregon is is very blonde white. Like it's a, it's like a certain kind of white. Huh. It's, it's like blonde and blue eyed white. You go there, you're like, it's almost Northern European. Got that vibe, you know? Weird. So the authors of Oregon's Constitution declared that no black people could reside in the state or hold real estate. They relied on precedent for the decree. The territorial. Legislator had passed a black exclusion law in 1844, dictating regular public lashings until mm -hmm. the lawbreakers left the territory and followed it up with another such law five years later. The state's founders sought to create nothing short of a white utopia. 
Um, fascinating. Did not know that. Um, where, where do the Native Americans sit in this? Uh, which granted land for free to every white settler in the uh, Oregon Territory and explicitly excluded people of color, abrogating Native American tribal land rights. The Oregon Territory's U.S. House Delegate Samuel Thurston told Congress was the first prerequisite step before Oregon could join the union as a state. Uh, very interesting. Anyway, yeah. the reason we talk about that all, um, just to uh, refresh your brains, is because Oregon has decriminalized all drugs, period. Yeah, so, so maybe um, they're trying to make up for lost time and be, like, not such dicks because they were such assholes in the beginning. That's very possible. I mean, here is another thing that's at the, the top of the front page right now. So Bernie Sanders' accurate prediction of Donald Trump's election night playbook goes viral. So evidently, Sanders predicted how Trump could attempt to use... Okay, so let's, let me read this whole thing. So an interview that Senator Bernie Sanders, chef's kiss, uh, of Vermont, gave to Jimmy Fallon last month is going viral because Sanders' pr uh, prescient prediction of how Donald Trump would act on election night. Sanders noted to the Tonight Show host Fallon on October 23rd that studies showed Democrats are more likely to use mail-in ballots and Republicans to walk into polling booths on election day. Sanders said it would likely be the first the votes that would be counted will be those people who came in on election day, which will be Republican. Sanders predicted how Trump could attempt to use this to his advantage. Uh, I was going to do the Bernie Sanders voice i, I can't even i can't dog even moves. try to do it dog moves can dog, do it. all right dog read, read this in the Sander, bernie sanders voice you can do but any voice we know i that. can't because i haven't like looked at politics for four years just do oh, it so you don't even know you don't even know who bernie sanders is who oh is he makes he? chicken they do chicken yeah oh Wait, yeah. he's the, the colonel he's oh the yeah colonel. okay I I could well it could well be <laughs> it could well be that at ten o'clock on election night Trump is winning in Michigan he's winning in Pennsylvania he's winning in Wisconsin and he gets on television and he says thank you Americans for reelecting me it's all over have a good day but then the next day and the following day. All those mail-in ballots start getting counted, and it turns out that Biden has won those states, at which point Trump says, see, I told you the whole thing was fraudulent. I told you those mail-in ballots were crooked, and we're not going to leave office. <laughs> so that's a worry that I and a lot of people have. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's for that is exactly gets. what Colonel Bernie Sanders right? sounds like. <laughs> yeah. That's as good as it gets. Yep. Okay. That's as good as it gets. That's um, it. So interesting. Hello, Disney uh, animation department calling. <laughs> Anybody need me for their next Jar Jar Binks movie? Uh, I do uh, anything from segue. Colonel to Jar Jar to princesses. All right. <laughs> Which is actually a brilliant segue because I know that we, we launched right into the front page because we kind of had to get some of the election juice out. Again, we don't know when this is going to go up, so we don't know but what we're the gonna call results it. are going to be. We're going to call it. We're going to call it. Jill Stein. Uh, what Jill have I been Jill saying Stein. since the beginning? Jill Stein Jill has Stein. won. We Mr. knew this was going to happen. Just nobody, that. nobody wanted to talk about it because no. you know, because corruption. But They're Jill afraid. Stein won. Um, <laughs> Jill, old Jillian Stein, dude. Jill, old Jillian man. Stein. But uh, anyway, so we don't know what the results are going to be. Uh, but we had to talk a little bit about what what is happening right now. At the very least, we got Oregon. I'm just going to skip the saw, California stuff. 
Oh, I saw uh, New Jersey legalized marijuana recreationally, and so did Arizona. So, like, you really? kind of have Arizona. Yes, yeah, so you have. Ooh. I don't know what the numbers are. Uh, how many states? How many states? How many states are there? <laughs> uh, legalized marijuana. I mean, you're getting to the halfway point, I think. Right. Um, which is then going to maybe tip the scales to the to the federal, right? Uh, so I mean, if Trump would have just come out and said he's going to legalize weed, he would have had my vote a long time ago. Am I right? Long time ago. Long time ago. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's eleven states with with it legalized, oh. and then uh, most other states have it either medical or uh, medicinal or decriminalized. There are only like five states left, no six, where it's illegal. Really? Guess, where it's fully illegal? Idaho, uh, Alabama. Uh, yes, Alabama Texas. will never do anything cool. Texas, yeah. no, Texas is medicinally legal. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, Tennessee, South Carolina, I'm Alabama, Kansas, Wisconsin, South Dakota, Wyoming, and Idaho. I think Wyoming and Idaho are next, by the way, those people. I like, think so. You know? Yeah. And then They're it's just bored. a few states. So we're probably like one election away of... They should be really interested in mind-altering drugs, considering how fucking boring it is there, you know? And how good of farmers they are. They would probably do well in the hemp industry or something, you know? That's so those, those southern states, you know? Yeah, very... Um, uh, very it's, fer- it's fertile. Uh, soil. But anyway, so... <laughs> we are not here to talk about politics today. We are here to talk... Well, we are kind of here to talk about a politics, I guess, but not American politics, not earthly nope. politics. We're talking the politics Gungan. of the what? Gungan. The Gungan politics. Um, oh, I don't know. Gungans. So today we are talking about Darth Jar Jar. Fascinating sub. It is. We don't know. I, I don't. I can't speak on your guys' behalf. Uh, Freed, I imagine you actually probably are a Star Wars guy. I could be wrong, but do you like Star Wars? Oh, I mean, <laughs> in general, I grew up watching the original Star Wars, which I loved, but not in like a, um, I'll never go to a high school dance with a lady kind of way, you know? Like yeah, uh, you don't you don't go to conventions anymore. No, but the new ones, I, I'm I'm not at all yeah. into, just mostly because I'm an adult. Um, right. Full stop. Dog, what about you? Are you a, are you a freak for the star? I'm not like a crazy Star Wars person, but. Love the originals, and I was the perfect age for when the new ones came out because I was obsessed with Queen Amidala. Yeah, she was she had, she had cool hair, and they had like a <laughs> bunch of cool Barbies of her, and just a lot of cool. You stuff. know what I so, appreciated yeah, that? Yeah, they she kind of like uh, reimagined lipstick, which you don't see. Like it's it's kind of been the exact same thing f- since it was invented, but she took it to another yeah. cool level. She was like, I'm just gonna use it. Right in the middle, and that's it. It was yeah. awesome. I very, mean, very thing, shit movie, but I <laughs> totally shit movie. Movie, my brother and we got all of the action figures. And this is what how Kelly, the Kelly Chronicles, the Kelly movies started because we had action <sighs> figures from Jurassic Park and Star Wars, and those were the characters that came together to be like hours of make-believe playtime and movie making. 
I see. So, so really, the Kelly Diaries happened because of, of Star Wars. Yeah. If it weren't for Star Wars, we wouldn't have some of our main characters in the Kelly movies. Fascinating. Including, well, there was one character that's not politically correct anymore. But back then, keep in mind how old I was. I was like 11, okay? And his right. name was Ricky Retardo. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's just a good rhyme. That's just a... That's a low-hanging fruit rhyme at 11. Yeah. Right? I can and that was actually a Luke Skywalker action figure with one arm. Oh, wow. Amazing. You know. <clears throat> I didn't realize how much of a um, hero's journey you were designing. Oh, sorry. There was another glitch. What'd you say? I think I think we glitched over each other. Um, oh, don't worry. But you're right. A hero's journey. Yeah, the, the, the Vicky Chronicles. What is it called? Vicky Kelly, or Kelly store the Kelly yeah. movies. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Vicky Chronicles. <laughs> Amazing. Um. Anyway, so um. So today we're talking about Darth Jar Jar, which is like I said, I don't know anything about Star Wars. I'm glad you guys do because you guys can lead this. I know about internet stuff, and I do think that Jar Jar Binks is very important in the internet. And I know who I, I saw the movies, right? I know I know who Jar Jar Binks is, but I don't really understand the full context. But Darth Jar Jar is about a Reddit theory that has now become a Star Wars in general theory about Jar Jar Binks pro- proposing that he is, or it, it, it's a he, right? Or is it's not like a, it's like a, it's a it's, I don't know, maybe it's a genderless being, but Jar Jar Binks is a is actually not a bumbling fool. It is instead a well-trained manifester of the force that one would say is actually um, the supreme commander... What's its name? Senator Palpatine. Oh, No, it's not not Senator Palpatine. He's actually the... Supreme Commander, fucking whatever. I don't remember the guy's name. So um, we're gonna get into we're gonna get into this whole theory. But um, dog, do you want to kick us off with the facts about the sub and get into um, the sidebar? Absolutely. So Darth Jar Jar is an actual subreddit, and it's Darth Jar Jar, um, and it's dedicated to the Darth Jar Jar theory that was created by the fans of the Star Wars prequels. Um, that came out in the early to mid-2000-ish period. If you want to know more, please read the pinned comment, Darth Jar Jar Holocron, which we will read. Um, but basically, this this has like about 65,000 people. Um, it was created in 2015. And there are like a bunch of different kinds of things. We've got theory support, personal theories, memes that people make, um, images, Meta, there's a Jar Jar circle jerk filter flare, whatever that means, but I'm going to click it because I think uh, a lot of people think this is like not a real theory that it's like, don't give George Lucas so much credit here. Like, uh, but then on the other hand, a lot of people are like, maybe he crapped out at the end and didn't see this theory through, but there's a lot of support in the beginning of the Star Wars prequels to say he was not just a dumb shit. 
Well, a lot of yeah, I mean, what, a lot of what I was reading was that people people think a couple one of a couple things happened. Like this came at an odd time for Star Wars, right? Because this was this was episode one, one, episode five, one. This is the first episode, right? Um, yeah, episode one, this is, but the, the way, fourth. yeah, the fourth movie, but the technically episode one, and so. This this came at a weird time because this was like the first movie where people were like, "Hell yeah! Oh my god, Star Wars is back! Holy fuck! Damn, that movie sucked!" And then everybody was just like, "Oh, maybe this isn't good anymore." And so uh, Lucas, I think, was kind of like, "Fuck, abandon that plot line! Abandon that plot line!" It was is what a lot of people are thinking that he just essentially got he wussed out. He, he like chickened out when it yeah. came to the Darth the Darth um, or the Jar Jar Binks theory. So it ended up just never really coming to fruition. But I think, you know, Darth or uh, Star Wars fans are very serious. So they they kind of uncovered this on their own. And then now I think uh, I found some articles and I found some other other evidence that kind of actually proves that not only is this a, a potentially interesting theory, but there's it like actually might transcend potentially interesting. It's actually like, oh, this is this had to have been it actually. Right. So um so, yeah. but I think it feels I think pretty as, compelling the evidence it, here. It does feel pretty compelling. So I think as we're getting into it, though, I think th- this whole thing, like we said, what 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 is really nice about this is it is all based on an original story that somebody posted on the Star Wars subreddit. Um, Dog, do you want to read that whole theory from beginning to end? Because I, I actually yeah. kind of think it is really important to contextualize all of the pieces here. Um, And then we can kind of break down a little bit beyond just the theory itself. Totally. And I'll do it in steps and you guys just jump in because I think there's a lot to talk about uh, in between these sections. Um, There's a lot of information here. All right. So theory, this has 66,000 upvotes. Jar Jar Binks was a trained force user, knowing Sith collaborator, and will play a central role in The Force Awakens. So that so was this was posted movie. five years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, and was, I don't know if you were about to say that, but this was posted five years ago on the Star Wars subreddit, period. Yes, that's a good point. This is not on the Darth Jar Jar subreddit. This is probably what uh, preempted the Darth Jar Jar subreddit. Um, oh, it is. This is exactly, this is the thing that all of this is based on. It's all based on this one Reddit story. It's like the first time this theory was ever presented, right? Exactly, yeah. Okay, so this this poster, Lumpuru, uh, has so many awards for this. Okay, here, here I will seek to establish that Jar Jar Binks, far from being simply the bumbling idiot he portrays himself as, is in fact a highly skilled force user in terms of martial ability and mind control. Furthermore, I assert that he, this is like the beforehand of like a research paper. Furthermore, I assert that he was not, as many people assume, just an unwitting political tool manipulated by Palpatine. Rather, he and Palpatine were likely in collaboration from the beginning, and it's entirely possible that Palpatine was a subordinate underling to Binks throughout both trilogies. And finally, given the above, I will conclude with an argument as to why I believe it is not only possible, but plausible that Jar Jar will make a profound impact on the upcoming movies and what role um, he may play. Mm. So that's three. Now we'll get it's into pretty the pretty spicy support. stuff. Pretty so spicy stuff. It is. 
very spicy and controversial. So very first establishing Jar Jar Binks as a skilled warrior. So do you, you guys remember the movie? He didn't seem like a skilled warrior, did he? So he seemed like a real buffoon. Yeah, like a dumb <sighs> I mean, dog. he didn't he didn't uh, seem like a skilled warrior, but in as I as I've been going through evidence and some of the way people are talking about him, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I see what's going on here. So, um, which we'll we'll get into, but um, but yeah, on, on the surface, he does not seem like a skilled warrior, but recontextualizing. In its in the brilliance of its writing, suddenly you're like, damn, I didn't realize that. So, yes, let's get into that. Oh, cool. Okay. So, while this does not in itself necessitate a connection with the physical force, it's in the Star Wars universe. Very rarely do we see normal characters exhibiting extraordinary stunt work or physical feats unless they're Jedi, Sith, or at least Force-sensitives. So here's Jar Jar nonchalantly ex- executing a standing 20-foot twisting somersault. Do you want to click on that little yeah. guy? Yeah, so for anybody who's following us on our Twitch and whatnot, so this is this is what is being referenced. So this is so he is a bumbling idiot, but then he pulls off stuff like this. That, you know, in and, and I think the movie, the way the plot line wanted you to to think about this was like you're a friend who just like doesn't know how to do anything is like super clumsy. And then you like give him a basketball and he's like, whoops. And then like, and then it just like perfect swoosh. And then you're like, the fuck did you see that? He'd be like, I don't know. I've never played basketball. And he throws it up again. And it's like a perfect swoosh. Right. So it's just like him just like, I'll jump in the water. And then he like, it looks so graceful and beautiful. And he just like does a perfect dive. Right. It's yeah. Crazy. What's the, what's the point of this other than, you know, I guess, I'm just trying to think if I'm like seven years old and I'm, go- and I'm watching this for the first time going like, Oh, George R. Biggs can also do a cool flip dive. Like it's, n- it's not really funny. It's kind no. of interesting. It's a thing that's happening, but kids typically aren't into the Olympic sport of diving as much as you would think. Right. So. Agreed. I know it's weird. It's like, and I'm like trying to remember from the movies, but I don't think the other Gungans move that gracefully. Like I remember the head Gungan who was a big, great big fat guy. I don't think he, he, mm. I think kind of like, like, I agree. It. Yeah. They, they're even more bumbly dumb. You yeah. Know, he's, he's the top of the heap as far as genetic lottery in Gungaland. Yeah. He's right. a, and so that's the deal yeah, with Jar Jar Binks. He was a Gungan, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which is like an amphibious type of alien, I guess. He's like a cross. He's got an accent across between like, like a stereotypical Italian meets Jamaican. He's kind <laughs> of right. a, yeah. I think he might be an archetype for um, an Italian American. And Jamaican, I think is that could be a theory. This is the other thing I forget is like Jar Jar Binks plays a critical role in our in our our whole <laughs> Reddit That's universe. It. So yes. we've always been fans. All right. So he also manages to convince us that he's a bumbling oaf in the midst of pitched battle, even though he's always incredibly amazingly successful. He doesn't die. Whether single-handedly right. taking down a battle droid tank or unleashing a barrage of Boombas on their front lines or precisely targeting multiple enemies with a blaster tangled around his ankle, we simply roll our eyes and attribute it to dumb luck. But mm. is it? 
Obi-Wan warned us otherwise. And if you click on that, you are right. taken to a scene in one of the original Star Wars movies where Obi-Wan delivers his famous line. In Watch March. out for this piece of shit Jar Jar Binks in about 30 years. He's going to get you all. Exactly. <laughs> That's not what Obi-Wan Kenobi says. A lot of people forget that that was in the original movie. I mean, people don't realize that he actually specifically <laughs> called that. Jar Jar Binks a piece of shit and called it, which is crazy prescience. But I know. That's um, actually kind of the cornerstone of the theory. Yeah. Is yeah. The cornerstone of the theory is in episode four, he goes, there's going to be this character, Jar Jar Binks, in the first episode. Well, actually, the first episode is going to come out in a couple of years. It's actually going to be the first episode. But he yeah. goes by Jar Jar Binks. Watch out. He's a piece of shit. But he's going to seem like a bumbling idiot. Uh, Gotta go. Bye. Bye. And then yep. he disappears and his robe crumbles to the ground. Right. Really, really famous scene. No, the actual the actual quote is, in my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Mm. So, that is such you an know, iconic quote too that it is weird to look at a Jar Jar Binks right. character and think that he's just luckily not dying in battle. I'm starting to develop a rebuttal to this theory, and I'll wait because I think it's pretty. What are the kids saying right now? On fire, or is it just oh, fire? Shit. It's Liddy. Is it Liddy? You should be taking notes. You can pretend. You can um, present your the counter argument. Okay, I'm developing. All right, sweet. All right, so this is one of the main reasons we as an audience hate Jar Jar so much. He breaks the fourth wall. He shatters our suspension of disbelief because we know that no one's really that lucky. We dismiss it, dismiss it as lame, cliche trope. The silly, pathetic oaf who always seems to inadvertently save the day. I posit instead, this is a deliberate facade on the part of Jar Jar as a character and on the part of writers and animators. As we know, the Jedi themselves are inspired by Shaolin monks, and there's a particular kung fu discipline that Jar Jar's physicality is purposely modeled upon, which allows him to appear goofy and uncoordinated, even as he lays waste to his enemies. Namely, Zui Quan, or Drunken Fist Wushu. I love this theory, by the way. This is a great theory. So this is this is actually the one that I go, damn, this is actually uh, this feel this is what where I go, oh my god, you're right. Yes. And, Very and it, it like it it feels compelling, but it also just feels like this is like this feels like this is how the shit is written. You know what I right. mean? Like if everything is based on Shaolin monks mm -hmm. and there's a style of fighting that makes you look like a bumbling idiot as a way to fake, right? Then clearly that this is what it's based on. So this is mm -hmm. this is a video. So the so the um this is actually a link to Wikipedia that says uh, Zquan. So drunken fist wushu, this discipline seeks to imitate the sloshing seemingly random foibles of a drunkard. But in reality, the staggering and fumbling is the use of bodily momentum, deception, and unpredictability mm. intended to lure and confuse opponents. So basically, you're, you are in control of your own wobbling because you, you understand where your momentum is. And that's all meant to like make you look like you don't know what you're doing. But then because you're in control of your momentum, you know when to strike and you know like your body weight is pro always proportioned so that when you strike, you can take down your opponents without them even realize you, you're capable. So I love that. I love it too. And this is a video. So this is a video of of this exact form. Um, 
uh, being practiced by a Zuiquan, let's see, Zuiquan partitioner, or practitioner rather. And you can see, uh, we're not going to watch the whole thing, obviously, because it's, it's like extremely long. Let me go to some, some of the juice. So, so, you know, you see like even. Wow. So it's just a lot of like, there's extreme, a lot of extreme movement in the neck how in, I, in like the yeah. upper torso. That's how I hit the clubs quite a bit. It's basically <clears throat> my wedding dance routine oh yes i can picture this but it just feels like you you know if you saw somebody doing this and you didn't know if they weren't dressed in kind of like you know proper um kind of kung fu kung fu gear uh then you know you're gonna see them you're gonna be like wow this guy's fucking drunk as hell man like take care of yourself and then you know and especially if you're fighting and you see this you're going to be like, oh, man, this fucking idiot has no idea what he's doing, right? I don't even need to try that hard when I fight this guy. Exactly, exactly. And so, so you know, this is a kung fu master, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is kind of the whole point, which is that, that you know, Jar Jar Binks is the theory pos- pos- uh, posits that he is basically a master of this particular style of kung fu. So freaking cool. So it makes a lot of sense for his um he seems like a guy who maybe dabbles in shrooms. Right. Uh, sure. And he's a little bit twisted some of the time. And right. but he's also physically just he's yeah, he, you're right. He's that he's that stoner kid you grew up with who just had the best, like the most insane balance. And you're like, this guy can not only like surf. Uh, right. do that uh, rope thing between two trees. Totally. We play golf, play, you know, it's like he's gifted. Like Jar Jar does seem physically gifted. Does. Well, but this is, but this is the, the interesting line. So now if you're, you know, if you continue going down, they actually compare some of the Jar Jar being scenes with, with some traditional Z Quan um, actual Mo- moments in that kind of instructional video. So hmm. the first one is Jar Jar Binks getting up. So kipping up. And this is, you know, this is like, we all know what this looks like, right? Is where somebody like leans back on their upper back and then they push themselves up to where they land on their feet from their back, right? This was pretty much the move of the 90s where I grew up. Yeah, everybody tried to do this and no one could pull it off. It was Um, extremely hard. Extremely hard. But, you know, you see him doing it and then you see the Z Kwan comparison, which is he does the exact same thing, right? It was just a way of getting up, right? So... And the fact that, you know, this is not necessarily our, an interesting move, but what's interesting about it is the fact that it is used in Z-Quan. I think what's more interesting is the Jar Jar sloshing. So Jar Jar's like hand yeah. motion and kind of like, yeah, like has no idea what he's doing. Um, and then the Z-Quan comparison, you see the same kind of sloshing around where it's just like, it it, it looks like you don't know what you're doing. You're you're yeah. moving You're moving your feet in a way. And then you're moving your hands in a way as a way to counterbalance yourself. Yeah. But it looks like you're just drunk. Because really, the way you think about it, though, it's like if you are drunk, this is also that your body is doing that for a reason. Because yeah. your body is going, I am having a hard time with my balance. So you're using your arms more. Like when we're walking around, we, we are able to keep our balance because we, we know where our center of gravity is. When you're drunk and you can't maintain a sense of gravity, you use your arms to fix that. Right? Yeah. So this is actually like a a really valuable tool that's already built into our systems about balance. 
And mm-hmm. so the fact that Jar Jar Binks is doing it and the fact that Z Kwan is doing it is not particularly interesting, but it's also like it almost to me speaks more to the purpose of Z Kwan, which is a mastery of wayward balance shifts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Throwing your momentum and weight around, like you said earlier. Right. And then this is the one that I think is the most damning, if I remember correctly, which is like. Oh, yeah. It's almost is, identical. It's almost identical. So this is this is a moment in the movie where Jar Jar Binks. So the, the moment is Jar Jar has a little fighter fella. Um, droid guy attached to his leg and um, he just like makes some stupid movements but the act of making those stupid movements makes the droids gun go off at other droids to knock them down um, and it looks again it looks just like luck right yeah. but we know in the previous films that there is no such thing as luck and then seeing this practitioner we go oh that is a that is a mastery of balance, not exactly. luck, but it looks yeah. like luck. Something else that's probably uh, a benefit from fighting like this in battle is that if you look like you're like super kicking ass and like a great warrior, I imagine you would become a target of a lot of those droids. Exactly. You look like you're just fumbling and probably going to be taken care of pretty soon you're not going to become the target of a whole lot of people. So you can right. end up being a bit of a dark horse and Jar Jar binksing around and killing people who don't really expect you to be, you know, as deadly. It's very, yeah. It's very guerrilla warfare. Um, totally. I always, I always said my style, every time I watch Braveheart, when there's like a pile of dead bodies, I'd be like, we just hide out in that pile of dead bodies. And then when no one's looking, boom, you get them, you, you jam them in the eye. Um, it seems like a very noble strategy, I would say. Heroic. I mean, you know what this also reminds me of? It reminds me of the acting of Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin, right? Where where it's a similar thing where, like, you know, famous Buster Keaton moments. Like, you know, Buster Keaton's uh, um, most famous scenes were like the kind of sim the same kind of vibe, right? Where you, where you, wait, was it Buster Keaton? It was Buster Keaton, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, where, you know, like some of his most famous, like hilarious moments. Uh, let's see if I can find a gif of it. Yeah, he does a lot of like drunken falls that are ex- actually, you know, s- extremely acrobatic and physically difficult right. to pull off. Yeah, and they just look, that's they his look insane. Shit. Like what, yeah, what the things he does, you're like, I mean, this is this is a perfect example. So I'm going to, I'm going to pull up my screen um, and, and show kind of this <laughs> quintessential. Uh, was that? I love the photo on the background. Of oh, Jar Jar, perfect. President, President uh, Jar Jar. So this is so this is exactly kind of what we're talking about, right? So this is this is Buster Keaton. Um, I don't remember what movie this is from, but he jumps over a a uh, a high jump with like immense grace. Like you can't just jump over a high jump like that. But then he lands with his face in sand, and then he's just like, "Oh, dope! What an idiot!" But you know, it was all clearly plants, right? You know who else has a I famous mean, move like this is the um, the great and one and only Gene Wilder from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory when he exits the building for the first time, and he's totally. like crotchety, and everyone's like, "Oh no, he doesn't look so good." And then he does this barrel roll, and he's like, "Ta-da! Y'all just got exactly. played. Exactly. Uh, I, got, <laughs> I got the chocolate, bitches." <laughs> totally. 
But it's I mean, the same thing. It's a little misdirect, right? And that's where the that's where the goof is. Well, and what I would also add to this, and, and this is, I think, where some of where your expertise comes in, Freed, and I think this is probably a little bit of where your head probably goes, because of the way that uh, Lucas views film, this is a film technique that has been used historically since the beginning of film to disarm characters and make them seem dumb and funny and foolish and simple right through the act of of really complicated acrobatics mm-hmm. so you know jar jar binks is actually a really famous it's like a really um kind of valuable film technique that we've used through people like charlie chapman and buster keaton so yeah. there's already yeah. a precedent for why jar jar binks is like that and why he as an antagonist and a protagonist is kind of used really effectively so I think all of this, this is where the, the whole theory, and we need to finish the theory, of course, but this is where the theory, I, I think, is really, really fascinating. But yeah. anyway, all right, so continue on the theory, uh, Doug. All right, here we go. So, Starting um, with the, uh, if you slow down the GIF. So if you slow down that GIF that we just saw, that last one, Jar Jar actually dodges an incoming blaster shot at the beginning. You'll notice how he's mysteriously aware of the droideca as it appears behind him even though it isn't in his line of sight and he couldn't possibly hear it over the din of battle. Then we've got a couple other comparisons. Jar Jar centering himself in preparation for a force jump and a, a Zui-Z-Quan comparison. Right. So, so, so that basically means, so, uh, you know, when, when that first gift that we saw of Jar Jar um, just doing that silly jump into the water, where we're like, wow, this guy can really do it. Like, if you look at the way he actually centers himself, it is exactly how Zquan practitioners center themselves. Mm. So it's it's like almost undeniable that the animators used this as an influence or like direct model for how they animated Jar Jar Binks like battle movements and stuff. Totally, it's totally. kind of a, up to up to you know question if if they meant to follow through with you know the meaning behind that or what yeah because you could as you're designing characters and any of this stuff like it's it's a lot of people start somewhere it's like oh i'm gonna make it based on this guy and george lucas does have a history like the jedis are samurais right Mm -hmm. and it's like he has a history of sort of borrowing from asian culture uh so maybe they did like somebody's just educated in all the fighting forms of martial arts, yeah. Asian martial arts, and they're like, "There's this guy; he could do that." Whether or not it has the connection to the Sith Lord thing, well, we'll keep debating. We'll keep and by debating. the end of this pod, you will know. You will know. Don't we will call it because we call it on this pod. We Don't call it early when you're done. All right. So, well, that's <laughs> all good, and even but even if Jar Jar is a secret drunk drunken fist boxing master that doesn't make him a force user right which is exactly what we're starting to go okay so um it should at least make us suspicious of his character it establishes that his over-the-top childish antics are a veneer masking a more complex character than we're led to believe but even if you choose to ignore jar jar's seemingly magical prescience in battle I believe that there is a particular scene in which we do see him clearly make use of the physical force. In TPM, now what does, which one is the Phantom Menace? But, yeah, when Jar Jar and the Jedi ambush the droids and rescue the queen and her entourage, Jar Jar accidentally botches his leap from the balcony. 
accidentally in quotes. Right. A few frames later, he is seen dropping from the opposite side of the balcony, which would seem to be impossible without a force-assisted jump and or force sprint of some kind. Let's look at that full scene. If you're so listening, check it out on the post. Yeah, so check it out on the post. So we'll, we'll post this on our subreddit, of course, DYR. Did you read it? Um, but uh, so you can see, so this is one of those things where I, I this this is a less compelling theory for me um, for a couple reasons. So one, I think that um, as genius as I think a lot of these, a lot of this is, I, I do not, however, believe that um, match cuts are perfect in film yeah. just by the way editing works. I think that often this happens, right? Where like, yeah. you know, you like see somebody and they're talking to someone this way. And then the next scene, they're like staring straight ahead and you're just like, yep. you're like, wait a minute. And most people don't notice it because it just doesn't, mm -hmm. it just doesn't matter to the plot line, of course. And if you're not trained in film in some capacity, then it's right. easy to ignore. This I think can be that. Yeah. But I also, you know, what, what makes this interesting though is, you know, Jar Jar falls. He looks like a dumb idiot. But then well, I think there's another point that's made, which is, and this, they, they're they using the droid gunfire as evidence of this a lot. And yeah. you see on the end of this clip that there's a random bullet or a random laser beam that like goes to where you assume Jar Jar was based on where his position used to be. Yeah. But he's now in a different space. So you're just like, huh? Like, right. why would they have done that? Now, again, there's a lot of explanations. I think that it like requires a lot of foresight to get that right. Mm -hmm. But if you believe in this theory, which is that he has the force as well, this is part of it. And then also, you know, the backs were turned of right. the two of of the two Jedi's themselves. So they would know. He could, we know he can do a jump twist move too. Like he could have exactly. Jump twisted over there. I don't know. Yeah, agreed. That one's a little weaker, but yeah, I think so too. Because even um, even Obi Wan and Qui Gon Jinn could have moved more to the left in by this point in battle, and who knows? Well, this is. I mean, this is. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, re re looking at this though. I mean, looking at it in slow motion, you do see. So you guys see this droid right behind the droid that's immediately after Obi Wan. Mm hmm. That droid looks is is looking up and shoots in that direction, and oh. then all of a sudden Jar Jar drops on the other side, and the droid's kind of like, "Huh?" He does oh, look over and go like, "Huh?" Oh yeah, would you look at that? So maybe he did one of those flip moves. That is kind yeah, of yeah, or he used the force. I mean, that's the thing is like this is basically saying that he's using the force because you know, see the droid that's charging up right behind. Uh, mm -hmm. One uh, Qui Gon chop down. Uh, Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Star Wars. I have seen Star Wars. I don't remember any of it. Um, because uh, I was too high on yeah, legal meth in Oregon. Uh, it's not legal. It's secret. <laughs> um, what's what's he shooting at up there? And okay, so what's he shooting at up there? Presumably, yeah, Jar Jar. And see its head swing back towards Jar Jar's new position after the shot. Which is where he goes, huh? That's you can, all, good you can also see another droid behind it tracking Jar Jar with its head and manage a shot on the new position. So this is the same thing. He like he he tracks the new position and mm -hmm. shoots. 
that's the most compelling thing about this scene is seeing the, I know, I agree. the trail of the droid watching the this droid happen. Head. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty fucking wild, man. And so, uh, yeah, so you can also see another droid tracking. Da, 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 man, she can show. This means that the animators knew very well where Jar Jar was supposed to be dangling from the, yeah. the, the balcony over Qui Gon's left shoulder. It is true that they on purpose had to address that he where he jumped off the balcony and where he landed as two different right. locations. So yeah. we know somehow he got there. And yeah, the, the head tilt of right. the robot sort of solidifies that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what kind of move that was we don't says know. this is not a film editing error, right? Not no. Like, this is very deliberate. Or uh, it is it is a cover-up and it's a film editing cover-up in the sense that it's also possible yeah they had to put something in the foreground to tell us where jar jar is mm-hmm. they couldn't have done it on the left of the screen because there's no more screen right um so they put him on the right and they kind of went they said to themselves well this doesn't really add up like spatially so right. let's just do it nobody will really notice and then we'll turn the robot head to kind of like back it up right yeah I don't I know. This next yeah. part is where it kind of gets into exactly what happened, which is like deep nerd lore, but I think it is interesting. So <laughs> well, I think, I think we, here. that deep nerd lore chip has sailed. Uh, <laughs> <started the> <laughs> <laughs> so this next part is where we get into nerd stuff. So, <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so I think what has happened here, even though we don't see it directly, is that Jar Jar was purposefully split or has purposely split the attention of the enemies by grabbing on the balcony as he falls, and then using the force, propelled himself with a pull-up flip to land in the unexpected place, yada yada. However, in fact, this is a maneuver we've seen before, from a Jedi. Twice, if you want to count Obi-Wan doing it in the Duel of Fates to take Malba. Twice, if you want to count Obi-Wan doing it in the Duel of Fates to take Malba. <laughs> um, so, this is, so this is where we actually see it. So this is ah, That's a great right. art. Right, so this is this is that moment, right, where it's a distraction. We got the force, we got the flip, we got the whole fucking nine yards. So, um, so this is essentially what's being proposed: is that that you know there is like uh, Jar Jar has the force in doing this. Yeah, this is really cool. I love that scene. That's from Return of the Jedi when uh, right before uh, right before the uh, Princess Leia kills. What's his face? The big slug man. Jabba the Hutt. Jabba. 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 So in addition to this kind of highly suspicious physical luck, I also believe that we're given enough clues to justifiably suspect that Jar Jar is also a master of Jedi mind control. Um, Dog, do you want to continue? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so to that point, consider... We all hate the way Jar Jar influences major plot points for the same reason we hate his physicality. It messes with our sense of realism, and he's ugly as fuck. Mm. New experience Jedi on a serious mission would never actually bring someone that stupid along with them. No character that idiotic would ever really be made a general. They certainly wouldn't be made a senator. How would anyone like Jar Jar really convince the entire galaxy to abandon democracy? That's completely ridiculous. So these things are just the political version of his physical luck. Inadvertent, seemingly comical bumbling that just so happens to result in astoundingly positive results. 
But what if it isn't inadvertent? And what if Jar Jar's meteoric rise and inexplicable influence isn't the result of dumb happenstance, but the result of extensive and careful use of force mind powers? So can Jedi, you explain the, the democracy thing? I don't know the plot well enough to understand what they're talking about. So what, what happened with Jar Jar that... This is funny because I don't think a lot of people know from, like, they do. But when I was that age, this is right around the time when I stopped paying attention in the movies. Because when it got into the politics of, like, the trade embargo bullshit, and, like, it was like, what? what? I think... I think the big picture stuff is this is the beginning of um, the federalization of the galaxy. So by the time, uh, you know, the, the original movies came out, the empire was essentially uh, the, the federal government for all of space. Mm-hmm. And the emperor and Darth Vader were kind of in charge of controlling that. These movies start before that. And so the formation of the federalization of the government is what they're talking about. So it begins as a Republic um, and a Senate, but it eventually becomes a dictatorship, which the emperor rules. And so this is the beginning of the end of democracy, kind of like in America. um, But here. Jar Jar Binks is, is Mike Pence. Is that what we're we're suggesting? Yes. So if Mike Pence, comes along and was like pulling the strings the whole time. He's actually a good comp for Jar Jar Binks, Mike yeah. Pence. Emperor- um, I would love, nothing would please me more than seeing Mike Pence go, whoa, and like fall and then do like a forward front flip and then land and be like, I'm just a dumb idiot. And then Mike like, Pence. Yeah. No, I think that yeah. the comparison would be if, if um, Trump wins this election and then Trump dies in three days and then Mike Pence is there and he's like, uh, we're all Nazis and we're going to exterminate a population. We're going to be like, what? We never saw this coming. Yeah, uh, we were in Jar Jar this whole time. He's like, I've been the Sith Lord the whole time. You're like, ah, yeah, it'd, be, it'd be better. Like, who, who's the appropriate person in his cabinet that this would actually be closest to? I guess maybe, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe like Michael Cohen or one of those like old Trump Eric lawyers. Trump. Oh, Eric, you know who it'd be? Eric Trump. You know, yeah. Eric, Eric Trump. Trump's good. I don't Eric know what's Trump going or, uh, oh, no, or Tiffany uh, Trump. Tiffany Trump. Tiffany Trump would be an obvious one. I'm going to throw a name out from the from the memory books. I don't know if you guys remember this. The Mooch, Scaramucci. Oh, Scaramucci, dude. I we, yes, remember we see him? Scaramucci come out of nowhere and be like, "I'm still here. I'm still doing it." Or actually, realistically, it'd be Giuliani. Giuliani's the one because Giuliani's a <laughs> fucking idiot. Right. Oh God. Okay, so his uh, team is the, anyway. There's so many idiots. It's hard to. It's true. It's hard to find the Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks. Uh, so this anyway, is like a, a quick little uh, excerpt about Jar Jar Binks uh, destroying the Galactic Republic that I googled. Um, Jar Jar Binks single-handedly destroys the Galactic Republic by calling for the emergency powers vote because the state of the Republic prior to that moment was such a huge mess. There was a political logjam in the Galactic. Mm. Senate, and when one member of the actually launched a full-scale invasion and conquest of another, partisans in the Senate blocked blocked the Chancellor's attempt to even bring the issue to the floor. So, like uh, a real-life example, of that would be like imagine the Texas National Guard invades Louisiana and takes over, and Congress did right. nothing. Okay. So interesting. So that's when uh, Jar Jar Binks gets up and he's like, "Mister thinks that 
like, we should do, like, a big fucking take the power away from everybody and do emergency powers vote, and that's actually what ends up fucking everybody up. Yeah, that's a big scene, but it's 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 kind of the scene that's that's in there, and it's you can tell they it's written anything that's written into a script is written for a reason. Like nothing is there because it shouldn't be there. That's like right. definitely a writing rule. And so if they took the time to make the scene, it, it's integral in some way. And I think you're right, Doug. It was like we all watch this. When we're like kids, and we're just like, I'm not really paying attention to the politics. Right. right. But he does essentially side with the dark side here, whether he's right. doing it because he knows or not, I think we all assume in that scene that he's just being a fool because Jar Jar Binks is an idiot. Right. But, uh, but it, he, he might be the guy tipping the scale on purpose. So then he can take the power in about two weeks. Right. I mean, this, this feels like this, this, this gives me an immense amount of respect for that, the drunken kung fu style, you know what I mean? Because because it feels like the drunken kung fu style is like the most elaborate sleight of hand Charlie Kaufman act of all time, you know? Because totally. part of it is also like if you know, there's one thing to just like physically do it, but you know, if you're really going to commit to the bit, you got to be that, you know what I yeah. mean? And like, and this is really like a like life commitment to the art form of the drunken kung fu style and then you know all all the way up to just being like i don't i don't know a thing i don't know a thing about politics but i think we should do that one right and people just being like yeah we're gonna exploit this guy to use his vote and then all along he's playing fucking 40 chess you know and never really gives away his hand for the chest you guys, we need. There's a WikiHow. Since you know, I was googling um, if they had any uh, drunken wushu lessons in Los Angeles. Didn't no. see any at first, cool. so I'll do some more digging. But there is a WikiHow on how to use drunken fist. So just check it out if you guys want to. If we know anything from WikiHow, it's they they're pretty much the gold standard in learning exactly. learning kung fu styles, particularly. Yeah, it, you'll yeah. you'll master it after a couple of reads. Right. Okay, so um, so Jedi. So back to uh, using force mind powers. Jedi and presumably the Sith, who are the evil force users, exhibit telltale signs when using the mind trick to implant suggestions or influence behavior. For one, they always gesticulate and not so subtly wave their hands at a target. So we remember that with. You know, Obi-Wan doing his, like, little hand, like, you will let this droid go. You know, right. like, that shit. Right. Um, so here are some pivotal moments. Sandwiches. Yeah. Jar Jar uses right. his hand waving as a way towards, like, um, promotion to Bombad General. He uses hand waving towards a promotion to the Senate. Um, he ushers in the death of democracy with a lot of gesticulating with his big flippers. So it's it makes you wonder with all these other connections if that is him using mind control. Mm. So um, actually, wow. if you watch the prequels with this idea that Jar Jar might be a manipulative dark character, you Whoa. begin to just how insidious and subtle his manipulation is, and how effective in almost every sequence he's involved in, and how um, hyper aware of the overarching plot he really is. 
examples include Jar Jar tricking the Jedi into traveling through the planet core so that they need him so that he can come with. Jar Jar carefully causing a scene so that they run into Anakin. Jar Jar constantly mocking Qui-Gon Jinn behind his back while Anakin's watching so that Anakin learns to disrespect for the Jedi authority early on. I like that one. Fascinating. Jar Jar telling an eight-year-old child that the queen is pretty hot, fanning the flames of the child's infatuation. That is exactly. Hey hey kid, I know you're eight and you haven't got a boner yet, but that chick over there who's 30 and who's a queen, you should think about hooking up with her. You should like, think about it. You should start thinking about it now, like in a creepy way. Yeah, like think about it. That's yeah, just and then true. and then they make love like pretty soon after that. It's I don't know yeah. how that worked, but I don't like it. So <laughs> I mean, now- that's man. It's so it's just you read this and like every step of the way, you're like, you're right. Oh yeah. my god, I had no idea. I wasn't even thinking about it. Episode one is the best of all of them. I had no idea. Yeah, it's definitely moved up my list in the best of all. Yeah. <laughs> well, crazy. Yeah, keep it's pretty amazing. Um, okay, so then now if you lend even the slightest credence to those above points and acknowledge the possibility that Jar Jar might not be an idiot, you're almost forced to conclude that he and Palpatine were co-conspirators. If Jar Jar is putting forth an elaborate act to deceive people, it means he's not a fool. And if he's not a fool, it means his actions in episode two that facilitate Palpatine's plans are not those of an unwitting tool. They're those of a partner. Huh. Remember, Palpatine and Jar Jar are from the same planet, which in the scale of the Star Wars universe is like growing up as next-door neighbors. It's entirely possible that they used to know each other for years prior to The Phantom Menace. Perhaps they trained together or trained one another. Uh, one trained the other, maybe. And Naboo is a really strange planet, actually. Remember those odd ancient statues with the third eye? Because I don't. <laughs> Wait, is there this there is. I actually got I that tattoo on most of my back. It's the whole, yeah. <laughs> and this is a good point. Naboo is the kind of place an outcast Gungan might find a Sith holocron, holocron or two. I don't know what that fucking means, but... I do right. remember from the movie that the Gungans were treated like shit. Right. Almost like yeah. second class citizens, weren't they? On Naboo. And like there was a, then they, they brokered this peace with the, the humans or Queen Amidala at the end of one of the episodes. Um, the crusty white people did not like their relaxed style. Their style. frog. Yeah. Their relaxed uh, ganja frog yeah, style. Ganja frog smoking style. Exactly. They broke too, um, smoked too many frogs. <laughs> right don't don't smoke crabs don't smoke crabs <laughs> uh so that's the speculation so stick, i think that's our new bumper sticker dog like just, yeah don't, don't smoke, smoke crabs don't smoke fo- frogs yeah. <laughs> don't smoke meth instead <laughs> um don't smoke frogs smoke meth smoke Save frogs, smoke meth instead. Or save save the crabs, smoke meth instead. Uh, love it. Okay. Love it. Let's stick to what we know, which is, even after Palpatine's elected as chancellor, years after Jar Jar's been tricked into helping electing him, Palpatine still hangs out with Jar Jar in R-O-T-F. Oh, Revenge of the Sith. Um, uh, why? Why wouldn't he be a constant source of public embarrassment? 
This is the same character who couldn't walk five yards without stepping in poodoo or squealing like a rabid donkey. What does he, what use does he have now? Why is he still at the right hand of the most powerful person in the galaxy? He like seemingly has already served his purpose. Could it be that in fact, Jar Jar is the most powerful person in the galaxy? Ooh, I mean, this is, this, that is a very compelling case. I mean, that is interesting. When I watched the movies, I thought to myself, oh, they're, you know, they've clearly spent a lot of time and money developing this character and they have lunch boxes and toys and they want to keep selling it. Uh, and I thought they jammed him in there just to keep him around. But now it I know like it could be a higher purpose, a darker purpose. Him credit. So this is actually, so this next part is interesting because it kind of gets into a little bit of like the, the, how the sausage is made with George Lucas. Yes. Yes. Now, this is where it gets real spicy. One of of these little pumps, stepdad. I've been talking a lot. I'm happy to. Um, I can't even. I'm happy to do that. Read it. Um, Okay. So um, I can't imagine being able to read any of the names with any grace though. So you're going to have to correct me. I think I've been saying like key, key gone. Key, key gone. Is that how you pronounce it? So, all right. It's quite gone. It's quite gone. I know, I know, I know. Um, all right. So, fine. Maybe. Hilarious conspiracy theory, but why would George Lucas bother to create this devious Gungan character with an elaborate conspiratorial past, but then never actually reveal his true nature? So, this is essentially saying, yeah, okay, let's say all that shit's true. Why don't we ever fucking find out about it? That doesn't make yeah. any sense. Um, here's George Lucas. Which is a great question. Here's George Lucas from a documentary talking about Yoda. Yoda really comes from a tradition in mythical storytelling, fairy tales, of the hero finding a little creature on the side of the road that seemingly that seems very insignificant and not very important, but who turns out to be the master wizard or the master thing. As we all know, one of Lucas's big deals with the prequels uh, was that they were intended to rhyme and mirror the original trilogy in terms of the general narrative themes. So there should have been a seemingly innocent creature found on the side of the road that later reveals itself as a major player. We do have a creature that this seems to describe precisely, Jar Jar. But of course, he never develops into a master anything. So here's what I think happened. I think that Jar Jar was initially intended to to be the prequel and Dark Side equivalent to Yoda. Just as Yoda has his big reveal when he when we learn that his tottering uh, geriatric goofball persona is just a mask, Jar Jar was intended to have a big reveal in episode two or three, where we learn that he's not really a naive dope, but rather a master puppeteer Sith in league with, or perhaps in charge of, Palpatine. However, GL chickened out. The fan reaction to Jar Jar was so vitriolic that this aspect of the trilogy was abandoned. Just too risky. If Jar Jar is truly that off-putting, it's potential ruinous to the Star Wars legacy to imply that he's the ultimate bad guy of the entire saga. So pretend he was just a failed attempt at comic relief instead. Which, you know, makes sense. You go, oh yeah, you know, that guy that was like a goofy idiot? He's just a goofy idiot. It's just funny. You know, funny. (laughs) Um, So... This is why Dooku, <laughs> Dooku, is that is that what I'm saying? Count, yep, uh, Count, Count Dooku. Dooku. You got it. Cool. All right. <laughs> this is why this is why Dooku seemed like such a flat, shoehorned in character with no backstory. He was hastily written in to cover the plot holes that left when villain Jar Jar was redacted. 
Yoda was meant to duel with his literal dark side nemesis and mythological equivalent at the end of AOTC. What's that? Uh, <laughs> Attack of the Clones. Attack oh. of the Clones. Not boring old Count Dooku, but Sith Master Jar Jar. Ah. And Binks was meant to escape, not just that duel, but to survive the entire trilogy so that he could cast a shadow on the OT too. You'd rewatch the originals knowing that the Emperor wasn't necessarily the big baddie after all. Jar Jar is still out there somewhere. It would have been sort of brilliant. But no, go, I, go ahead. I know. Let's 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 uh let's get this point because I think this is actually we're almost at the end of this whole theory. We're almost at the end of this whole episode. So let's talk <laughs> a little bit about that because I actually do think that that would have been, you know, that's actually a really fascinating thing about about Star Wars. Obviously, is it kind of it always says like, hey, we're focusing on this part of the world right now, but you know, there's all this other shit that we've already showed you that we're never going to explain. And this is also what like Game of Thrones got wrong, right? This is what everybody says about Game of Thrones. We're just like. All right, it ended. Everything's settled. And you're just like, wait a minute. Nope. nope you didn't settle anything. And yep. so this, I think, with Star Wars, it's like, all right, well, we know that the Palpatine and everything that's happening with like all the main characters is out there somewhere. And then we're on this planet right now where there's all this other shit happening that implies this other stuff. We're not going to tell you where it applies. You know what I mean? So it ended up, it just creates a universe that kind of never ends. Right. And so I love this idea that Jar Jar would have just fucking been out there somewhere ruling shit. Very, I mean, very Steve Bannon, to be completely honest, you know, mm-hmm. and cause Steve Bannon, everybody, like, have you guys been reading the stories about Steve Bannon, by the way, where he's no. literally creating memes on a Chinese server that is influencing the election right now? What? Like he's, evidently he's, Steve, Steve, real Steve Bannon. Dude, Steve Bannon is the guy behind the like um, Hunter Biden's laptop thing. Oh my god, what a fucking piece of shit! I know he's Jar Jar Binks. Um, I like that Hunter Biden left like three laptops at some uh, fix it center because he was on the track. It's an insane theory, but anyway. So so um, anyway, would have been sort of brilliant, but. I believe it is likely that the writers of the new trilogy will resurrect this idea. This was written five years ago, by the way. Yeah. Um, people seem to think that Disney wishes to distance or somehow disassociate itself from the prequels, but this doesn't actually make any economic or marketing sense. This is There are far more prequel-era-based intellectual property to capitalize on than there is OT, original, what is that? Trilogy? OT, original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um it's only because of the Clone Wars movie and series. Billions of dollars in iconic toys, images, characters, games, park rides, etc. that an entire younger generation grew up on. Disney is not going to pretend that over half of the $4 billion in IP they bought simply isn't worth acknowledging. Well, they would because they're Disney and they have an yeah. infinite amount of money. Um, and anyway, we have behind the scenes TFA footage... Force um, Force Awakens. The Force Awakens. So Whoa. Gungan. Ah. Hit droid. Gungan. Um, so clearly. Yeah, I mean, clearly it's part of it. Um, clearly showing. And that guy in the picture was Steve Bannon, right? Yeah, that was Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon Click on that is again. behind <sighs> all of Jar Jar Binks antics. That's uh, clearly. Well, 
that was clearly showing imagery being reused from the prequels. Also, many of the flags above Maz's castle in the trailer are from TPM. Didn't know that. Maz What's is TPM for? by Lupita Nyong'o in Phantom Awakens. Phantom Menace. Ah, there we go. Um, no. It stands to reason that one of their primary goals will be to invigorate, reinvigorate and ultimately try to redeem the prequels in the eyes of the fan base. To el- what they've already done with me, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm in. Prequels are in. Um, to elevate and improve them retroactively as much as possible. So how do you do that? Jar Jar Binks has undoubtedly become the face of everything that is wrong with the prequels. He was too silly, too unbelievable, seemingly pointless. If you're able to somehow change the nature of Jar Jar from embarrassing idiot to jaw-dropping villain, suddenly the entire prequel trilogy must be seen in a new light because it becomes the setup for the most astounding reveal in film history. Jar Jar Binks, Supreme Leader Snook! So... And this is this is another interesting part. Of, this was what I was trying to remember. I couldn't remember Snoke's name, obviously, because I'm an idiot and I don't watch Star Wars. But this is this is, I think, the big thing that they say too, because Snoke is essentially this AI, fucking d- like gross alien creature that has all this force and all this power and is the supreme leader of the entire galaxy. Right? I mean, is that the idea? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, so the idea that Jar Jar Binks as like a, the bumbling idiot essentially is like, you know, it, he, this is like the, the Voldemort, right. Or like Voldemort kind of like would manifest in all, as all these different characters in Harry, Harry Potter. Right. Yep. And yep. it was like always never really described as like the full physical being. He was just like always part. And then you have to get a Horcrux. And if you get a Horcrux, then you make more of them. And so it's like the Voldemort was always out there. And then it was kind of in all these different manifestations elsewhere. And so I think that this is a little bit of the Jar Jar Binks idea, right? Which is like, for somebody that powerful, you don't need to really abide by the logic of like, it can't be two places at once. Be like, no, this is the master of all force. This is a level of force that we've never even been exposed to in Star Wars because it's multiple levels above the Jedi force. So we have this being who can be Jar Jar and Snoke at the same time, right? Um, So very interesting. And... um, you know, I know we have mo- most of the Star Wars staff writers listen to this pod. So I know that, um, you know, if you are listening to this pod and for some reason haven't been exposed, I think this is a good opportunity to to take everything that we're talking about and incorporate them into the Star Wars. You don't yeah. have to credit us. It's totally okay. Um, but, if you don't. But definitely tell George Lucas about us. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah tell George about us. I'd like um, to and, what do you guys yeah. think? Because uh, this sort of comic relief element of, of these initial movies with jar jar was you're like okay it's because it's for the kids you know right. um, yeah we, we don't otherwise you have these two guys there's like father-son relationship like it's it's not that silly or fun and then there's some sword fights but a lot of talking so jar jar right. kind of like lightens the mood right yeah. um in, in the original movies you kind of had the same thing with c-3po and, and r2d2 so then my question is is you know do, do we think c-3po there's more going on than meets the eye Possibly, he Man. he has like a very savvy way of surviving all the yeah. things. He's always around. He becomes like this player, yeah. and these like integral moments. They're delivering messages. It's like who knows it's who sent those messages. So, so by the way, also the thread on this is pretty is also additionally revealing. So we're seeing a lot of uh, you know. First of all, everybody's like this is the best thread of the year, but then 
the first comment is PS 2 AM and watching phantom. Now DDB enters the room full of droids. DDB. What's DDB? Jar Jar. DDB. Darth. I don't know. Darth Darth Binks. Darth. Darth, eh, whatever. Um, uh, enters. Maybe it actually might be Darth Darth Binks, but enters room full of droids and waves his arm, declaring, "Oh yo, boyos!" While the droids simultaneously hum into life and rotate their heads to him. Mm. Oh. I feel inspired. So, and then the next comment down, which I I don't know enough about the movies to know if this is even verifiable, but like, so the person goes, "So the title Phantom Menace refers to Jar Jar then." He was the real menace all along. I can get behind this. <laughs> so, fa- so Phantom, obviously, like, what is the Phantom Menace? Jar Jar being the Phantom Menace. Um, yeah, the Palpatine was never a Phantom from the audience's perspective. We all knew who the eventual Emperor was. They didn't even really bother to mask this hologram face. Jar Jar was intended was uh, the Jar Jar was the intended villain that was to be unmasked and shock everyone. The requisite middle chapter, I am your father caliber reveal moment. Because, of course, like the mirroring. Um, sadly, it didn't yeah. make it to fruition. Not until this December, anyway. So, 12-22-15, edit for visibility. Some of the gifts in the original post that are supposed to be slow motion are no longer blah, blah, blah. Like most things I read it, whatever. Um, holy crap, I remember the Pinkett review for TPM. One of the things he ranted about was how stupid the title is. What is the Phantom Menace that's lurking in the background the whole time? It's not Maul. It's not Palpatine. It sure as shit is not the Trade Federation. So then what was the title alluding to? This makes so much more sense. Man, what in tarnation? I mean, oh, God, dude. Wow. This changes everything. Right, right at the beginning of TPM, it's right there all along. Obi-Wan Kenobi, I have a bad feeling about this. Qui-Gon Jen, I don't sense anything. Obi-Wan Kenobi, it's not about the mission master. It's something elsewhere, elusive. Ooh, Jar Jar. Jar Jar. <laughs> I Just mean, crazy. very compelling stuff, okay? The best trick the devil ever played, right? Yeah, it's dude. true. Wow. Uh, man, fascinating. Um yeah, I, I'm like, I've got a lot to think about. I mean, you know well, what's great about about conspiracies like this, dude? Great and bad, because this is also, this is literally exactly how American political conspiracy theories come up, too. There's a comment <laughs> right below. Theory. You, Limparwu, was hired by, so the post, the original poster, was hired by Disney to test this plot twist on the fans on the Star Wars subreddit. And they knew that everyone hated Jar Jar, but they wanted to see the reaction if they were to include the big reveal in the movie. So far, the reaction has been positive to the plot twist, so get hype. Get hype! <laughs> so this was uh, like a fact-finding mission from, from Lucasfilm. I right. mean, maybe, I don't know. It's, it's almost too coincidental that all those things line up for him it not is. to become more of a player. The yeah. other... The other th- if he was just like a, a, a sort of a bumbling idiot that needed a father figure and the Jedi's kind of became the coach that he always wanted and needed. And, and because of that, he like rose to Senate power. That's pretty good. You know? Yeah. That, I mean, is that, was that their intention? You know, just let's get this guy out, right. of, the, out of the woods and into some politics. Um, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I like the other. I one. mean, it's a little thin. 
Ah, man. I mean, all I can I say for sure yeah. is that I am sad that it didn't pan out in the new uh, movies, the, the Force Awakens, because as we saw, um, Snoke was not Jar Jar. Right. So right. The Force well, but Awakens- that, but that's that's assuming that the Snoke part is the only part, because I, I think that like you know, there's sure. always a chance that they, you know, like. The idea of Snoke being Jar Jar is not the only... Th- I mean, that's not the only thing. That's, like, one end to this. But the reality is, like, all these other pieces yeah. are still contributors to this. Because, you know, yeah. it, it, Jar Jar could still be the Phantom Menace. Yeah. Even it if could- it's not Snoke, it could still be a little bit of, like... You know, there are a lot of characters in Star Wars that are, like... I'm, I'm like, helpful. I'm the one who's puppeteering all this shit. And now I'm going to fucking get out of here. Right. You know? You're right, and this could very well have been an abandoned plotline. Like this, the plotline of Darth Vader being Luke Skywalker's father was like a huge movie reveal for the time. Right. It was like a big. Everyone's like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. Um, so how do you one up that? I mean, I think this could be the only way. Maybe Lucas was thinking in those terms. Like, we need Maybe. a serious bombshell to reveal eventually, and everyone goes, "What the fuck." Right. Uh, for them not to be like that would feel you know irresponsible or, or naive or something. It's like they know their audience is heavy nerddom. Yeah. So it feels like they, they would think through something like this. Like I I buy it. I, I buy it and I also think I, I also buy the theory that fear and disappointment from the fan base is what fucked it up. Because I think that is that is like when you're dealing. I mean, Freed, you know this. Like we all know this. We live in LA. We've all heard stories of like a brilliant thing getting canceled because you know one one film reviewer is like lame, and then an exec is like cancel it, can't do it anymore. That shit's done. Make it for the mass audience, you know. And especially right. with something on Star Wars level, right? Where and you know, like at, at, and after Disney bought, I mean, at this point in 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 Star Wars, it's like. Everything has to be tested. Everything has to be perfect. Every, you know, like there's this no level, opportunity. Yes. Yeah, there's absolutely no opportunity for like experimenting with a plot line that's ma- going to make people go, "Holy shit, that's right. insane!" No, you're just yeah, fucking entertaining people. He's yep. sold. He's he's since sold the franchise right to Disney. So yeah, it it's everything now goes through the corporate machine, and you get these kind of like sort of middle of the road movies that are safe and you're like, well, yeah, it's whatever. But yeah, he might've been setting up this massive reveal and then the corporate, you know, the, the fucking suits up in the ivory towers, dude, they, squ- they squished it. They squiboed it. Yeah. Qui bono for yeah. all the money. You know what I mean? For all the money. I mean, I, I, yeah, I think this is, this is, um, you know, the, I, I don't, I mean, this makes me want to like get further into star Wars because of, the love. This is the shit I fucking love. I love. I love like these deep, crazy theories that you like can't. Like everything has immense depth, and and this is just one of those where you look at it and you go, "Damn!" Like, like that is. I mean, also by the way, kudos to this original poster. Obviously, I mean this is one of the most popular posts of all time on Star Wars. Right. But you know, like that is an immense amount of critical thinking to be able to get yeah. to this point. Well, and so. Out. Critic uh, uh, theory and like research paper. To be honest, totally, totally. 
So very fascinating. But anyway, so we didn't really go further into the subreddit. I think, you know, maybe this might be a part two at some point. That covers covers most of it. I'm I'm poking around the sub. It's like a lot of goofs, a lot of memes, a lot of jokes. Um, I don't see a lot more information. Like that's yeah. I mean, there might be. Well, I think that they created a alternate universe essentially, and you know, this is something that obviously Star Wars does really well. Is like create the world, and then there's the world beyond the world. And so, I think this is there's a world beyond this now where every kind of what makes this subreddit nice is all of the elements of like deception and the implied meaning of each deceptive point. And then how that manifests through memes, how that manifests through culture. I mean, a lot of the memes, like, again, like when you're looking at just basic meme shit, you are seeing like references to the movies, but also references to modern pop culture using Darth Jar Jar as the point of relatability that makes the meme interesting. So, um, but, you know, ultimately, I mean, this is a good example of something that starts on Reddit and then invades the mainstream in a really compelling way. Um, so I've seen some um, like zine fan fiction movie cartoons of Darth Jar Jar coming to power on YouTube when I was clicking around for this. So there's there's all kinds of stuff out there people have made that's kind of good, you know. Yeah, I mean there's yeah there's 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 just like yeah I mean slate there's a lot of slate fan theory. I mean there's like a lot of articles written about this. Uh, most of it happens from 2015, so it, you know. This the original theory came out in 2015, and then you know I think I mean people are still posting pretty actively on the sub, from what I can tell. I mean, it definitely seems uh, 20 days ago, an hour ago, 22 hours ago, one day ago. Like it, it's still a very active sub. Um, right. So that to me means that this is in some capacity still like an active, like an active community where they're maybe still holding out hope for a reveal or something. Mm-hmm. Um, this I would mean, the, be the greatest marketing campaign of all time if if somebody from Star Wars was behind this as a way to sort of like you know seed new information or to try to develop content or something. Because um, totally. you're going to reach a point where this is going to lose steam if 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 nothing happens about it. Like, right? Somebody has to come in, like it's kind of like uh, QAnon. You know, somebody's got to do a jar drop, a jar jar drop. Uh, right and, and sort of add to the information of the clues. Yeah, and this also, I mean, a big part of the sub two is uh, is is a lot of um, this is a like apologist for the original movies because because of this theory, it makes you watch the original movies completely differently, which then makes you go these the original movies are actually genius. So a lot of the people on this sub are also like they're just. Jar Jar fanboys in the same way that people are Darth Vader fanboys because they're viewing it through the Darth Vader lens, which I think is actually kind of interesting. <laughs> get over some of this shit. We, we crazy, all man. got weekend plans. I know. Yeah, from the beginning. Apparently, wild, man. created an 85-minute version of the Star Wars sequels where he removed Anakin and almost all of Jar Jar Binks. So check that um, out. That's uh, awful. That's awful. I'm sorry. That takes away the entire Jar Jar arc. Yeah. Well, you blew it. Okay. You, you didn't see it. Yeah. 
This is so fun. I, I fucking love this shit. Um, anyway, all right. So I know we are we are at our time. It is 9 a.m. We all have to do our respective things. We have to go, you know, like participate in the democratic experience of America right now. Um, anyway, all right. This is fascinating. Check it out. Darth Jar Jar, r slash Darth Jar Jar. We're going to put the original theory up on our, our, um, our sub, of course. Um, ooh, Skylar. Skylar Shaggy Von Otten on Facebook. Hot take, my friend. I don't know how I feel about all that energy. Um, but we'll respect it. We'll respect well, he's, it. he doesn't um, get the theory. He's just saying fuck Jar Jar. He just came like, in. Just like came everybody's in. saying fuck Jar Jar. But yeah, well, everybody bro. says fuck Jar Jar, but this diminishes the theory, which is the Darth Jar Jar theory. So, um, Skylar, you got some homework, Darth, my friend. If he's Open. Darth Jar Jar... I also say fuck Jar Jar. He destroyed democracy in the galaxy. Oh, that's well. fair. But you guys say fuck Jar Jar for different reasons. Yeah, exactly. Open your eyes. Um, sheep. Open your eyes. Yeah. yeah. Fucking Skylar Sheep Van Oosten. <laughs> Probably what your real name is. <laughs> fucking Sheep, dude. Um, Jar Jar was behind no. it all. We love you. Um, anyway, all right. So. Um, couple little announcements. We probably should have said this at the beginning. Like we mentioned earlier, we are joining a network. Uh, we have we have officially signed some paperwork. We are joining a new network. We will reveal more information next week. Hopefully this doesn't change our, our, um, our, our pod format. I don't think it will. Um, basically all it does is it gives us, you know, a billion dollars. So yeah. now we're all moving to Texas where all the, all the biggest podcasters go to we'll avoid state taxes. From boats exactly. in Texas, right, mm-hmm. right. Um, but we did join a network. Um, we'll, we'll tell. We'll talk a little bit more about that next week. Um, uh, otherwise, link to or tell your friends, like, subscribe, follow us on fucking Twitch, follow us on on Facebook, and yeah, whatever, all those places. Um, did you Reddit? Uh, our subreddit r slash Did you Reddit? Uh, what else? Anything else we need? Um, good luck to America. Um, yeah, man. Uh, Keep your in your pants this week, everyone. Oh, Skylar! Skylar asked me about about uh, black metal. Um, <gasps> love it. Well, right we can, on. That's a conversation for another time, my dude. It's not black metal, but I am wearing a sun shirt. So if you're into the doom metal, or even kind of the the fucking drone metal, if you will, is um, that when check it out? Uh, bomb drones play music before they drop one on a wedding. Exactly, dude. That's exactly how it works. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's drone drone metal is is metal made with uh, military grade drones. Cool. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. Any, anyway, so um, all right. This did you read it? Talking about Darth Jar Jar um, and legalizing meth or decriminalizing meth in Oregon. Shout out all of our r slash meth. You've come a long way, Oregon. Congratulations. Good yeah. job. No longer a bastion for white supremacy. Yeah. Um, Keep working at it. Uh, Jar Sky Skyler here has some very very heavy energy against oh. Jar Jar, which uh, you know I pr- I appreciate it, but I don't condone it because Jar Jar metal. I have turned I have turned a corner on Jar Jar, and I think he is the the uh, the darkest of the metal. Oh, he, God. he is the Gaul from Gogoroth of the Star Wars galaxy. Whoa! I'll take. Um, all right. Thanks for listening. This is Did You Read It? My name is It's Your Dad. I'm Dog Boobs. Muffery Day! Talk to you later. Out here, fantasizing about Jar Jar Binks. We will be here next week. Trevor! Bye. Bye!
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.